Welcome to Real Feels, Students in Inclusion podcast. Today we're sitting down with an anonymous member of the Drexel community to talk about substance use disorders and the difference between partying and a problem. This is our conversation. Um, in our conversations of the past, we've talked a lot about the culture that's associated with college and how people's expectations sometimes don't really meet the reality of situations. Can you tell me a little bit about when you realized that what college was and what college is for you were not the same thing? I think I had always glorified college as being like when I would have arrived and like my coming into like adulthood and becoming a woman, um, a lot of independency and like, I don't know, I just kind of imagined that everything would be different. I think middle school is like a tough time, high school is a tough time. And like, when you think about college, it's like getting away from everything that you were and like your parents. And, um, I think it's also about like, I had the idea that I would recreate myself, but I didn't really understand that, like, wherever you go, you take yourself with you. And so I, like, showed up being the same person at college with, like, the same issues. Um, Yeah, and I I think I can agree with that because I know for me, I hold on to this authenticity card where it's like, I'm going to be me no matter where I'm at, no matter what spaces. And I realized that sometimes being less of me, in essence, is not necessarily being different. So I don't always have to be cranked up to 100. I could be 40% myself. And that's good enough for that situation. I didn't realize that in college. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, this is their first time away where I was always somewhat independent. So when I went to college, it was just like another thing to do where some people just bawled out and wild out and never, mm-hmm. ever thought about their consequences. Mm-hmm. And personally, in my life, I always had to think about my consequences because of the people around me and the way I was raised in essence. Mm-hmm. I think I was also... I went to a really conservative, private, Catholic high school, and I mean, I think there was, like, a lot of deviance that came out when I first went to college. Um, I think it was just really, like you had said before, like, there were no consequences in my mind, and, like, nothing could stop me. Um, And I really took that to heart. I really took that to heart with, like, drinking and drugging. Um, Like, I, I thought, you know everything's paid for, like, I'm over here, like, on this separate island, and I can do whatever I want, and there aren't going to be any consequences, and when those consequences started showing up, like, I didn't even recognize them at first. It took a while to get back to that kind of reality, Um, and took, like, a bunch of just, like, slaps in the face to even realize what was going on, because, I don't know, it's, like, that delusion, and... I was just, like, so greedy for that independence, and I felt like I had finally arrived, and it was my time to kind of, like, do what, like, I had earned this. Um, But I think that's kind of just the disease of addiction talking to me, um, or when it was talking to me. And, you know, as a woman that's been sober for more than two years, um, still in college, um, and I'm 22, I mean... I can say that it's it's not all about that. And, like, when the consequences do kind of hit you in the face and you realize you have a problem, like, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, and, and that's what happened to me. But we all kind of have to, like, reach that, that bottom. Um, what made you crave that independence originally? I think it was a lot of different things. I think it was not feeling a part of um, while growing up, like... 
kind of always feeling a little bit different, um, not really included, not well-liked by others. And then when I... I guess independence actually for me kind of meant like acceptance by others too. So like get getting that independence at college, but also like getting the validation from everyone around me, which today, like I understand is just like an impossible task, you know, like we're going to be who we are no matter where we go. Like college is just a different setting. Since the time that you started college till now, what do you think is the biggest progression you've made? Progression meaning like progression as in that mentality that you just said like how originally you came in mm-hmm. like really craving this independence because mm-hmm. you felt like you earned it you deserved it and you're gonna do what you want with it and now it's like you know I got it but I could do other things too and I don't have to necessarily mm-hmm. go as hard to the wall as I probably did in the past. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was really again just like reaching that bottom and also just like getting to build myself back up after that like really realizing that it wasn't the end like I really thought. It was the end when, um, you know, I couldn't drink and use drugs successfully. And I had, like, exhausted every effort trying to make that work. Um, But the biggest progression is probably just realizing, like, there's always going to be someone better than you. There's always going to be someone worse than you. Um, and like those, those corny phrases that I used to just like roll my eyes at, like really, I, I, I live by them today. And like, that's the, that's what keeps me sane. Um, just kind of like trying to form that identity. Like I I feel like we all go into college, like knowing who we are, but we don't really. Um, and like, I'm still forming my identity to be honest. So I think just that like acceptance of, you know, I don't really know exactly who I am and like I'm working on that. Like that's what this time is for and that's okay. Like I don't have to have it all figured out. Like that's that's extremely comforting to me. So that's that's definitely a big accomplishment in like my train of thought. It's interesting that you said rock bottom a couple of times or bottom in general. And I know growing up in my life, addiction runs in my family. And I remember when I was a kid and I had uncles and I had aunts and I had people close to me and I would try to see signals or warning signs. And then I will realize as I got older that everybody's bottom is different. You know, mm-hmm. I was trying to be like, well, you know, aunt so-and-so did this and this is what really got them straight and narrow or uncle did this. And then I realized I was putting unrealistic expectations on people, mm-hmm. even though it's because I really wanted them to be better. Mm-hmm. And it really threw me through a loop, actually, because I felt like I was doing the right thing. Like, oh, I'm going to take what they have and throw it in the trash or the toilet or and just like kind of point my finger sometimes and be like, you know, you're better than this and I want you around. But I realized as I got older that those signals and those signs changed bottom changes and the way we deal with things has progressed so much because of so much information that we have and how when people are willing to be open with you then you can kind of understand where people are coming from Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely I would definitely agree with that I mean for me like I used to say when I started working a 12-step program that I had hit a high bottom um because I didn't I didn't go to jail I didn't get a DUI. I was, you know, I wasn't, there were no like specific concrete events like from the state where it was like, you are an alcoholic or you are a drug addict. You know what I mean? Um, And it was like, it was hard to prove to myself. Like it really took sitting down for a minute and just like, I mean, not a minute, don't get me wrong, but like sitting down with myself and trying to be honest about like that first drug and the first drink and like 
how I just was off to the races right after that. Um, and from, I don't really, I kind of forget what we're talking about. What, what were you saying? Oh, no, we were just Sorry. talking about how it looks different for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and and coming, meeting people, you know, going going to rehab and meeting people who are, like, homeless on the streets, stuff like that. I mean, it looked different for me when I was in college because I was surrounded by people who seemed to be kind of doing the same thing in my mind. Um, but it, it, was, it was different. It was just, like, that was kind of another delusion I had. But I think... Drinking and drugging is, like, a, a culture that's widely accepted um, at college, even, like, advocated for, maybe, by some people, you know, some groups of people. And it was it was hard to come to that realization that, like, I had a problem with it. Has your perception of college changed from when you first started? I think so. Um Instead of, like, thinking that it was going to be a fairy tale, it's just, like, real life and a little bit harder because you're on your own and it's, like, classes. I mean, I I used to think that college was, like, a playground and, like, I was just here to do as much damage as possible and, you know. That's a, that's a wild way of thinking yeah, about it. Seriously, yeah, seriously. Like, it was, like, my coming, like, it was it was my arrival, I had thought. Um, and, like, today I think it's less romanticized. It's just, like, a part of my life, but it doesn't, like make me who I am like I'm not like a college girl you know I wanted to be that like party girl college girl but still had straight A's like everything together and today I just realized that's not the truth so we know what your expectations were Mm -hmm. what are your expectations now being in college being in college now is a little bit tough because I feel like it's been harder for me to make friends since I got sober Um, and I think sometimes that can be another way of like the disease of addiction talking to me because it makes me feel like, oh, like I have to go to the bar to make friends or I like have to be where, like, that's a common way to bond with people. I was never really able, like, it was difficult to make friends growing up, um, for me. And so that was a really... That was, like, a common thread where I could share that moment with someone or, like, do something for someone and, you know, we would get along. Today, it's, like, who am I really? Like, who do I really want to be friends with? Um, Like, not just surface and superficial type of relationships. And, like, it's it's more fulfilling in the end because it's more about, like, who am I and what do I value? And, like, do these people actually care about me? Like, I could tell you. When I was in my addiction, like, none of those people cared about me, and I didn't care about any of them either. And, like, today it's about building, like, real relationships. Um, and I think I think overall, like, my expectations of college are, like, to get a good education and, like, build, like, some great relationships and, and keep going on with that, like... You know, which which I'm really happy and satisfied with, I have to tell you. Like, I mean, it's a lot different, but I think it's, like, all about my perception, too. Yeah, and I think in my personal experience, when it comes to losing friends and gaining friends, it really hurts. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I had a lot of people in my life who I really thought I had deep affection for and I really cared about their well-being. But as we got older and we, quote unquote, grew apart, which is always the the phrasing used, Mm -hmm. I realized that I had certain groups of friends who I would party with. 
And then I had certain groups of friends who I would study with. And I had mm-hmm. certain groups of friends who I would just chill with. And very rarely are all three of those the same person. Mm-hmm. You know, so in, in essence, I know that in my friend groups, we were using each other for whatever we felt the best, the, the next person could give to us. Whether it be a good time, whether it help out with education, or whether it just be, you I just need somebody around right now. And that was, in essence, kind of selfish of me. And I had to realize that after the fact when, especially when I graduated and I looked around and I was like, huh. I had 50 people I would text every day. Now it was down to about five to six, but those five to six are going to text back. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to your experiences and how it felt when it came to losing friends, especially people who you consider friends? Because to me, friends is a being a friend to me is almost like being family. It's a mm-hmm. very serious word for me. Mm-hmm. And I know how much it affected me in my development. Did it, you think it affected you? Yeah, I can definitely speak to that. I mean, I think I made a lot of friendships and built a lot of relationships out of convenience. Um, I think that I was really selfish. um, And a lot of what was going on in my mind is like, okay, well, what do you have to give me? And like, what can I get out of this? And like, are you going to invite me to those parties? Or like, we can be able to do these drugs together or, you know when I was 19, like, are you 21? Like, I was, and, and it's sad to look back on. It definitely is. And I mean, once I had to leave my, my first college and I, I got sober, um, you know, those, those relationships quickly dwindled away. And, you know, later on working a program, I was able to, to go back and actually apologize to some of them. But I mean, it's, it's never really the same. And that makes me kind of like look back because, I think that the common denominator and why a lot of those relationships did not work was me. Um, And that's kind of like a hard realization. But the good thing is that, like, now being college, like, starting classes again, I mean, I'm able to, like, get a second chance with all that. So, I mean, I'm able to, to make friends in recovery and, like, have good relationships, like, show up for people. You know, I was never really able to do that, but also... Like, have those school friends and have those, like, friends out of convenience where, like, we both kind of know, like, hey, we're just kind of acquaintances, you know? But it's, like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm using anyone anymore, which is, and I'm not being used. And those are, like, those are really positive feelings to have, you know, when I lived like that for what felt like a long time. Yeah, and one of the things that really worries me is how abundant I feel like substances are and how accepted certain things are. I know the first time, now that I think about it, and I didn't realize this at the time, the first time I ever saw self-medication was at family functions. You know, whenever there's a cookout, if, if the alcohol isn't flowing, if certain things aren't being smoked, it wasn't really a good time yet. You know, it's like, I know in a black household, it's not a cookout till you hear electric slide, but it's not a cookout until uncle such and such drops something on the carpet, <laughs> you know, and it was accepted. It was like, it was even like, hey, take a little sip. You only can get a little bit of that. Or, hey, don't worry about that smell. This is what this is. And it was never looked at negatively until I got older. And I realized why people were using certain things. And, and I know in my household, the black household, is, is you're taught to suffer in silence. Mm-hmm. So when you suffer in silence, you start self-medicating. You start doing things as a means to an end in order to deal with a certain situation. And when I got to college, I felt like it got magnified a lot of the times. And I felt myself falling into those same slippery slopes that my family members would. And I never thought, like, oh, you know, it's just a day drink. You know, it's just a bin session. Or, oh, we, where are you going? We're going to do that? That's fine. You can do it around me. It's not a big deal. Instead of, in my mind, realizing in that moment, huh, 
this isn't really healthy. You just told me you didn't get out of bed for two days, you know, or you just told me that you aren't dealing with this breakup the right way. Maybe we should do something else instead. But in the moment when I was in college, I was like, oh, you know, this is what mm-hmm. you do. This is kind of how, how you live. And then eventually you'll hopefully figure it out. Do you did you ever find yourself in any of those types of situations as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can really relate to that. I mean, growing up, my my household was mostly dry, but definitely with family functions. Um, you know, it was it was that was when I was first introduced to alcohol, and I mean, something was pretty much wrong right off the bat because I was always like trying to get into like the alcohol when I was like, you know, like twelve or something. Um, which like looking back on it, maybe it's not like normal behavior, but I mean, going into college, I think it's, it's definitely accepted that like during the week you're going to work your ass off and then on the weekends you're going to get as messed up as possible. Um, and I definitely live by that, um, my first quarter in college, but I think like I think for me, I just always had to take it one step too far. And the thing about college and what I really like what you said is that it almost feels like it's not real life. Like this is preparing us to get into the adult world. But like I have these at least four years to figure out everything. And then like after I graduate, then we can like address that. Um, And whether that's like coping mechanisms or like drinking and and drugging, but it's like college is kind of like. And, and that's what I really thought it was going into it as well. Like, it's kind of this, this like, community, people all the same age, like, pretty much same interests, and it's accepted. It's just, it's widely accepted, um, you know, being a weekend warrior or whatever. But, but the problem is that when it comes to during the week and you can't get away from doing drugs and, and drinking – that's that's a problem um, when you don't want to and like you have to like that's that should raise some red flags and I know it did for me yeah did did you need somebody else to kind of step in and show you your red flags or was it always prevalent to you I was really um, I never realized it I have to say um, I have someone else in my family that's work that works a program um, so I had I had known about addiction like vaguely, but being a young, I, I consider myself bright young woman in college. Like I really just didn't think that was the setting. Like you know, you see people panhandling, homeless, or people in jail. Like that's what I thought addiction was. Um, what I didn't know is that like everyone has their own bottoms, kind of like what we were talking before, and like. You know, people say you've reached your own bottom when you stop digging. And that was definitely true for me because, uh, like, on the outside, at least I thought, like, I had everything together. Um, you know, I was at a good school. I was making okay grades. But, like, everything was falling apart on the inside. Um, yeah. I. I mean, the, the, the old adage, you can't judge a book by its cover, has been used a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. So I kind of switched that, and I like to say that a lot of people are like ducks on a pond. You know, when you look at a duck, it's just going by so gracefully, getting where it needs to go whenever it's going to get there. But underneath the water, the feet have to move a million miles a minute in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And people never look under the water. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times in college or even in professional life, you can put the facade on, you can put the mask on, you can show people what you want them to see. 
until people get a little too close. Mm-hmm. So in your opinion, how can people help even if they may not realize the signals or the signs just because I think that more people than not are dealing with these issues but only the people who are vocal about it or the people who might be on the street homeless in jail that people seem like that's what that looks like. We need to do something about that when really there's a deeper lining issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that um, description of the duck on the pond. That's funny. I've never heard that before. Um, that was definitely what it was like for me. It was like such an effort to do anything relatively normal. But I mean, in my experience, I had people... I had people say things to me. I had people, like, take drinks away from me or kind of be like, are you sure you really want, like, is that really a good idea to be doing that at this moment? You know, we're about to head to class or something like that. Um, and I think I think one of the scariest things is, is for addiction, if you really do want to get better, um, it takes kind of, like, that internal concession, like, oh, shit, like, I might have a problem. Um, so I think people can can be there. I think just having like a recovery center resource on campus is extremely important. Um, you know, the first college I went to really didn't know how to handle me at all, um, which was a little bit disappointing, but I think, I think one of the scariest things is that with addiction, it kind of takes like a bunch of those little aha moments where people come up to you and tell you like, you know, is that really appropriate or whatever? Um, but also not being judgmental because that was like one of the, I think that's why I hid so much of my addiction too, is because it was, I knew it was wrong, like on some level. Um, but I think overall, I mean, it, it takes that like moment of being like, I think this is wrong. Um, and it, it took me a while to get there. You know, I had to have like families, family, friends pointed out to me, things like that. I feel like in today's society, there's been a lot more visibility to people dealing with um, issues of addiction. And I think it's one of those things where, just like mental health in essence, it is becoming a talking point because so many people deal with it or you're only like one person away from somebody that's dealing with it. Throughout your entire journey, do you see any change in how um, addiction or substance use disorders have been looked at in the past as opposed to right now? Sure, definitely. I mean, I don't know if it's just because I'm sober and it's kind of like my life now, the whole recovery and and addiction piece. But I mean, in the past, I really don't think it was something that was talked about besides, you know, like dare in sixth grade or something. You know, at that point, it was just like cut off for the next 10 years. No one really talked about it. Um, And... Like, part of the problem is that, like, people don't know that recovery programs exist today. Um, but I think I think you're right in saying, like, you know, you see the commercials, you see, like, ads, whatever, stuff like that. And I think it's affecting people. It's, it's such an epidemic that most people are one person away, you know. Um, but I don't know if it's just because I am sober and so it's, it's kind of my life now, but... Beforehand, I just didn't really think I was a candidate, and I think that's, like, that self-delusion piece and not wanting to really admit that it is a problem. And I think that's what a lot of addicts and alcoholics get stuck in is, like, everyone around you can know that you have a problem, but if you don't, like, you're going to be stuck in it. Um, And 
it's like a hard realization. It doesn't come around for everyone. Like not everybody makes it. Um, you know, some people have to face different consequences before they get to that point. Um, so I'm just, I'm really grateful that I did. But do you feel like you have now this since you have this enlightenment? Do you think as a person you are one of the few who should educate people about what's going on in different communities when it comes to addiction? Or do you feel as though your story is your story? And if you choose to share it, you will. Because I know a lot of times pressure is put on people mm-hmm. who, uh, who can be faces of communities where a lot of people don't have the right information. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of misinformation out there. You know, there's a lot of publications who make being strung out look cool. You know, like I know in the modeling industry, people say that like if he if he looks strung out, she's perfect to go on on the catwalk. You know, or um, people double cupping in videos and in movies. You know, like some of the most iconic movie scenes ever. Somebody just did a whole lot of drugs and then they went out and did these superhuman type of adventures. Mm-hmm. I think that when we hear real conversations like this, it kind of cuts through a lot of that white noise. It takes away the glamour behind using substances and overusing substances because some people go their whole lives without realizing that they have a serious issue. Mm, Yeah, I mean, I think what I'm most qualified to do is help someone that is experiencing addiction. Um, I think it's hard... I think it's hard to feel to feel qualified to kind of be able to like tell the public like this is what it is because it's not really accepted. Um, you know, I don't go around telling classmates or people that I'm in recovery for drugs and alcohol. That that would be something, you know, it's one of those things like you hear about it but like who's actually doing it? You know, I would never really want to reveal myself and I don't think it's shame, I think it's fear of being judged because that comes with like a whole different past um, and assumptions of like what I am and what I've done. Um, so I think what I'm most qualified to do is is help someone that is experiencing those issues. But as for like putting myself out there, um, you know, I, I do value my anonymity. It's it's something that I definitely protect because I mean like employers, classmates, peers, professors, like, I don't know what those people are going to think of that information. So I would never really want to reveal that. And I love that honesty. I always feel like everybody should know their breaking point and also want to know how far they want to go to that breaking point. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that self-awareness is key. And I think that you've come to such a beautiful place and you've gotten so far in life and you still have so far to go that you just being in a room or you just being there, just sitting there, even if you don't say anything, is a light for somebody else in that room, especially if they know your story and even if they don't know your story. Mm-hmm. Um, coming to the end, is there anything in particular that you will want people to know, something that you want to say to people listening out there? Yeah, I would definitely say... Um if you think you might have a problem or you might know someone, I don't want this to sound like a conversation, but like if you have, if it has ever crossed your mind, um, if you have ever considered cutting down on your drinking or drug use, if you've ever considered, if anyone's ever said anything to you about your drinking or drug use, um, just check out a recovery program because I know for me, like I really didn't think I was that bad and, I think that's what a lot of us tell ourselves, but at the end of the day, like 
you know, I, I am really in a beautiful place. Like even a bad day today, you know, we all have, have bad days. Like nothing is as bad as feeling trapped in that cycle. Um, and I'm just thankful that I got out of it. I really am. So, you know, if anyone really has like just an inkling or like a seedling of, of wanting to maybe switch it up, do something different, improve their life. Like it's totally possible. And there's so many people out there. I just don't think we're always so vocal because there is still a lot of stigma around addiction, but there's a lot of happily recovered people. And like, I know I wouldn't have been able to do that without seeing others living that way as well. So there's a big community out there. Thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Good conversation.